0: Okay, let's get right into it. It's Greg's Garage Pod with co-host Jason Pridmore presented by bike911.com. You know you need to call Alex Asante if you need some advice, you need some legal assistance. He's a motorcycle guy. He loves motorcycle people. Give him a call. I'm Greg and with me is Jason Pridmore, but not at home. Jason, where are you? How are you? Stuff like that.
1: Good. You've been traveling. I traveled out to Dallas yesterday, so I am sitting in the great Jimmy Witten's house right now doing this podcast. The so great Jimmy Whitten. All right. Yeah, he's the best. So I'm sitting here uh, in Dallas, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get all kinds of heat from you, but you know, dropping names and stuff. But we're waiting for uh, Sam Lowe's to get in because we're he's flying in this morning from Argentina. So he went to Miami, I guess, first, and then flies into here. Then we're we're gonna go tee it up. So yeah, that's the long play. flight, and he's going to
0: get right off the plane and go golfing. Huh? Yeah,
1: the Lowe's brothers—they don't care. They'll be—he'll knowing him, he'll probably jog here to the house with all of his clothes <laughs> and suitcase and everything else. So no, like, so he gets in. He's probably going to be getting in around now and then. We had some big rain last night, so but I had an opportunity to come here and play a couple really really amazing places that Jimmy uh, has afforded me the opportunity to do. So that's what I'm doing, and then I'm, and then we're going to play today tomorrow. And then Wednesday night, Sam and I are just going to rip down to Austin, and then you get in Thursday. Thursday at like noon, you said, right? That's right. Yeah, Looks perfect. like the weather's
0: going to be great too. Mm-hmm. It's getting a little bit warmer, a little warmer on race day. But you know, you and I are there for Moto America, which we're going to yeah. talk about. Obviously, we're going to talk about what happened in Argentina. We're going to talk about uh, Moto America, previewing what's going on with the superbike class, Medallia superbike, and then. What's going to happen in MotoGP uh, Austin, and that's and just a little bit of a ride news. I mean, this is going to be pretty straightforward. I just want to say thanks to Tim and and Tony. Who, uh, you know, I was in Phoenix shooting archery tournament where. Did you get to go hang with them a bit? Did you hang with them? Yeah, I hung with them a bit. Yeah, in the archery (laughs) tournament, I finished ninth, which was not not good. So we do Do we do single round elimination tournaments. Do I even ask how many people? uh, In my class, there were like thirty six. Oh, you did all right then, G Dub. Yeah, you get single round eliminations and stuff. I was actually I just got I got tired, Jay, honestly. The way the bow's set up right now, and I hadn't been shooting a whole lot and all that stuff with the travel. So please, not making please. excuses, but I was like two points out of the lead at halfway and then in qualification and then the wheels fell off and I shot the worst round I ever shot, which still put me in tenth. And then um I got I went through I had a bye in my first elimination and then I won my sec my my first that I shot. So you go from like one thirty two to one sixteen to one eight. You know what I mean? And you're yep. And um, like the score that I shot when I got knocked out. Yeah. W- like that score was? There was only one score shot of the of the eight matches during that time that was a better score. And the problem was the guy who shot with me shot a like a one a one forty two out of one fifty. I shot a one forty one. It was kind of windy, and um, I. It was and then he advanced to the next round and then gets knocked out with like some score that was like seven points less than he shot against me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's one of those frustrating things where the guy's like, All right, I know him. I know that he's won before. So he stepped up his game. Yeah. And then I just threw a bad one second to last arrow that was just got away from me. I have no idea what happened and and lost the match. And then he got knocked out. But the problem was I know the scores I'm capable of shooting. Yeah. So I would have easily been in contention for at least a medal match, meaning yeah. if you get to the final four, you're guaranteed you're either going to shoot for gold or you're going to shoot for bronze.
1: Yeah, 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 for sure.
0: But hey, it is what it is. I didn't hey, shoot it's the a score.
1: Top, it's a top ten. You would have died for a couple top tens when you raced motorcycles.
0: <laughs> I'd be able you to say I mean? three instead of two. Yeah. Well, yeah, but there probably wasn't
1: 30, there probably wasn't thirty guys on the grid though. There was probably
0: no. There were more. There were a lot more than that back then.
1: You finished ninth. There was probably six on the grid. Who knows.
0: Yeah, I do know. We do know because it was on an entry list somewhere. It doesn't exist on the... Anyway, why don't we just get to...
1: Why don't we're we not going to not gonna, not gonna make any excuses. It was windy, Yeah, but I'm not going to make any excuses. Yeah. Got yeah. it. We'll, we'll uh-huh. get the news presented by Arai. Let's do it. All right, look.
0: Weather's coming. Go buy an Arai helmet. They're awesome. All right? And that's Like They're great helmets. All right, let's get right to the news.
1: You're not going to go micro... I'm not going to do your antimicrobial? No, I'll
0: thing. do it. I'll do it later. Unfortunately, dude, I'm just, I'm
1: tired as you can hear in my voice, you know, yeah, red eye flights this, and this is It's yeah. a big podcast we got here. I mean, it's a, there's some news. Yeah, some that's stuff why. So,
0: on. so look, dude, um, it's Tuesday morning right now and Mark Marquez news. I mean, it's a question mark whether he's coming to Austin right now or not. I didn't think he was going to have a chance, but I saw on MotoGP.com that he's out testing a CBR 600. You know, I mean, I know you're not a doctor, Jay, but What's your feeling if it's Tuesday and after his shakedown test on a CBR 600 that he decides to get on a plane and come here? I mean, do you think it's too soon?
1: Well, Just knowing what you've known about the injury that he has. It's a crazy injury. Like, I've never heard of anybody else that's had it. So it's a pretty wild injury. What, what I kind of fail to understand is I think if there was a week in between races, it would be a little bit more understandable. But are you telling me that the, the four days, the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday – that was what made the difference between him being able to go to Argentina or not and then just you know when we got back to back flyaway races um, I, I mean oh, hey everybody wants to see him there i mean obviously but i but is it more of a i got to get there and just get some sort of points so that i don't otherwise it's a wasted year this guy's not racing anymore for just race wins he's i mean he he wants to cement legacies and you know win as many championships as he can so is he coming here... What's he coming here for? I, 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 I got to think it's to get points and just ride and do the best he can.
0: And the well, other Well, I, I think it's and, exacerbated, though, too, Jay, by the fact that it is Coda, and he's like the king of Coda. Right? But it like, almost
1: could work against him, right? If he comes here and he's no longer the king of Coda, and like you say, it's it's one of those deals where if he goes out there and goes around and finishes 10th or whatever, is it worth the risk? Because there, there's so many races left. There's 21 races this year, so... Even after this one, we got 17 left. I mean, he still has enough races in hand to win the championship if he just gets healthy. Was their next one? Is it like three weeks away? Two weeks away? I don't know because I haven't looked. But
0: I haven't even looked.
1: Yeah. So when you start to think about it, or you look, it's um, it's one of those deals where is it really worth him coming if he's putting himself at a big risk to? Try to come here and get seventh or eighth. I got to think if he's good enough to ride, he's thinking he's going to come back and be on the podium or something.
0: What well, was the only time he lost? Do you remember what did he? What did he do to lose? a He race?
1: crashed. He crashed in uh, what is it like turn eight or nine or whatever? Memory slid off. Yeah, on the front. at the end exactly. of the back straightaway. Yeah. He yeah.
0: slid on the front, and now everybody's pointing to you know Honda saying that they have front end, more front end issues that you know that they've solved the rear grip issue, but they have front end. I mean, you know, pole crashed out. You know, we'll talk more about it, but it's just a front end thing. You know, you see video of Nakagami in practice and stuff, just losing the front, losing the front, <laughs> saving it and stuff. Yeah. It's like Well, know. and you watch
1: it. How many times those guys lost the front? I mean, Marquez lost the front in three of his four crashes at uh, Mandalika and in, um, in Indonesia. So yeah, there's probably something to be said for that. But you know, Greg, before going into the season, they were really happy with the progress of that bike. They felt that they had a bike that was going to be really, really good again. And you know, I, Alex Marquez was nowhere to even be seen this last weekend, like not even anywhere to be seen. And like you say, Nakagami had issues. And when you watch the incident, the pole had, he looked a hundred percent committed to the turn. Like, like he, he did not expect that to happen at all. Like he was in the corner, you hear the throttle off. It looks like he's just kind of rolling into it and the front's gone. So yeah, I, who knows, who knows, but at Koda, we know that the Honda has worked there really, really well for him in the past. So it'll be interesting to see what the decision is.
0: So in World Superbike, they just wrapped up their final two days of testing. We were talking about it last week. Like, what do we think? So they're at Aragon, Jay. And it ends up that Johnny Ray was the only rider of those two days that dipped into the 48s. He just did a 48.7. And I just did, like, within the last hour or so. Mm-hmm. Top rack goes three-tenths of a second slower. Bautista and Gerloff with Baz actually P5. So he wow. kind of made a late a late jump. Uh, and then Locatelli, Rinaldi, uh, Licawona, and Vierge. So, you know, we kind of see that the HRC bike, the two riders are very comparable. They've been close to each other. And then Philip Odell. So, Jay, I just wanted to, you know, obviously it's testing, you know. And and in the morning, it was like Bautista today. But, but Gerloff has been in the top four or top five. I mean, for sure, a lot of times in the top three. There's been a lot of chatter of the people that I spoke with when I was in Phoenix. The first thing they want to talk about is... Is Gerloff? You know, yeah, I think he's got yeah. it this year. I mean, what is your impression about how just you feel from his social media, from the speed he's been putting up and testing as we get ready to race? Because they're racing next weekend, right? Race Crazy, number one yeah. next weekend.
1: Yeah, and I had some I had some communication with Alex Lowe's this morning and talking to him, and he says, Jay, the problem is is that it's it's so cold here. It is so absolutely cold, and by Thursday it's supposed to go up like twenty degrees. He's like, and so. Some of the grips that the grip that he has, he's like, it's not looking at it like false hope, but the cowy generally has a ton of grip in the cold. But when it gets a little bit warmer, they have some you know issues, I, I guess. And as everybody does, I mean, everybody's going to have grip issues as it gets warmer. So I think there was some teams there that weren't as interested in going out and doing like one lap type of things. How far off was Baz, Greg? Do you have the times pulled up?
0: Yeah, I do. Baz was, at least in this last session, Baz was uh, six-tenths of a second off of Johnny. That's so great. three-tenths of a second off of top rack in second.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. So that's that's really good for him. And and so we'll have to look and see when the heat goes up. Is the BMW closer still? Because they, they've been about a second off, those fast guys. It seems like most of the preseason. I mean, Laverty's gone pretty quickly on that bike. Reading's been not really anywhere to be seen. He could be holding his cards a little bit closer to his chest, maybe. But generally, when you get on a new team, you're trying to go out there and go as quickly as you can so that you can duplicate that, hopefully, during race weeks. So it's going to be an interesting thing. I'm pumped. I mean, we're deep in the heart of the racing season now. I mean, we've got – this week, we got Moto America and Moto GP, But over, overseas, like you said, they're at Aragon kicking off their season at World Superbike. So um, I think it's going to be – I think it's, World Superbike is going to be good. I was talking, was I talking to you yesterday. I said it's pretty interesting where MotoGP is right now. We'll talk about Argentina in a minute, but it's it's the biggest motorcycle series we have, and arguably, Greg, can you think of better racing anywhere in the world right now of any series? I mean, it's it's fun to watch. Every week is a story, you know. Every week has got great storylines behind all these teams. But I think World Superbike is going to have that too, and I think Gerloff's speed. It all depends on Garrett's head when he lines up on the grid for that first light going out. You know what I mean?
0: That's that's the comments that I've been making to people. I go first lap turn one is going to tell us if Garrett's good to good to race or not. Mm-hmm. There's just no pretending, you know. And if he turn one, Aragon. Yeah. Turn
1: one, on Aragon sucks. It's not a very good turn. Uh,
0: great. So but I mean, as long as he slots in and doesn't crash. lose positions, and he doesn't go, I'm going to win this race in turn one from third or whatever, and make some, you know, colossal mistake again. He should be okay. And don't you don't you kinda what, look
1: at it like if you're if you're a team owner and you're a team manager and you're looking on and you see Garrett, I think for me, I go, Well, how how does how he engages with the front runners is gonna be the key. He's already made it, hasn't he, Greg? I mean, he's already proven to everybody how fast he is. Don't, wouldn't you agree with that? Like wholeheartedly everywhere yes. he goes, he's already shown that raw speed. Now it's a matter of like, I feel like that some of the incidents and things that were caused, um, I hate using the word desperation, but I think they were kind of like Garrett was trying to prove himself. Like, Hey, let me show everybody that I belong here. And I think now he can plan his races a little bit more. If he can get on the back of top rack and Johnny stay with those guys and kind of make plans going into the, you know, halfway on beyond the race and just get back to some race strategy stuff rather than looking like he's just sniffing for a pass in every single corner and not showing any patience. I think that's going to be a big thing for him. So I'm hoping that um, that we see what he's doing right now in testing turn into great race results for him. He could be a championship contender because if he can just finish races, I think he'll be. I think he'll be top three, top five all year long. The equipment is no question because correct. we know that yep, it's the correct. current
0: champ, and he's basically got the same spec or almost an identical spec as Top Rack. So, yeah, that's the thing with Garrett. And what we do know is physically. When he went to Europe and took those photos, physically he's in perfect. He's great. I mean, yeah, looks like he's in the best shape ever. He's all beef caked out. <clears throat> the question is, what we don't know because I haven't really spoken with him is, what he do, do with his mental. You know, did he get some mental yeah. coaching this year, and and how's the team reacted to it, and all that kind of stuff. So
1: what what about yeah? So I mean, I agree with you on all that. I think that the mental side of it is just as important, and you've got to be able to, uh, you've got to be able to take what you're showing you're doing on the racetrack and and turn that into something now, you know? I think the yep. kid has all the talent in the world. Did you see the Instagram post he did the other day where he was um, being kept awake all night? Looked like he was, is he in Andorra? Oh, in the, is that yeah, where yeah. he's at? Uh, and they were just, there must have been some sort of celebrations going on and it was like, yeah, he, did he a was post at like one somewhere. in the morning, <laughs> then like four <laughs> o'clock in the morning, and then at five 30 in the morning, he's like out his window and he's like, guys are still beating drums, you know? So, and I, I had texted him. I'm like, Oh my God. And he's like, it's the worst, you know, but anyways, so yeah, hopefully world Superbike will be as good. And, um, you know, we're wishing Garrett the best. I'm hoping he has a tremendous year over there. Uh, let's roll into the Argentinian Grand Prix Greg, because there's a lot of things, a lot of, a lot of stuff to talk about. And I think first thing we have to talk about is I wonder how close this race was to actually getting canceled. Um, I thought it was pretty funny looking at some of the Twitter feeds of, everybody was following that last freight plane that, that uh, had some troubles. <laughs> I guess the, the way I read into some things, Greg, is there's f- there's five different freight planes that kind of keep the circus going around the world, and one of them had a mechanical, and people started tracking it and where it was at. I don't know if there's ever been a... Has there ever been a two-day race weekend for MotoGP ever?
0: I, I don't know. I, I think so, but I mean, if there is, it's been one or two ever.
1: When I, when I woke up on Friday morning... Or Thursday morning, and saw that they had canceled Friday already. I was like, whoa, what's that all about? I thought it was weather or something crazy. And the fact that the plane didn't make it, um, and there were some teams really affected. Like I think that um, Bastianini's team, there was a couple teams uh, that didn't even get their bikes until like Friday morning, like midnight type of thing, one in the morning. So those guys were up all night doing the prep that they have to do for those bikes. And a couple of the riders were saying that a lot of the prep for one bike takes two full days and these guys were doing it in seven or eight hours. So there's gotta be a little, you know, there's gotta be something a little bit behind that. Um, But when you look at the Grand Prix itself, it's a track Greg, that's, you know, I think it would be on both our bucket lists. I I think it's a track I'd like to go ride. When I look at that place, I'm like, Whoa, that's track looks like a lot of fun. Um, But the race itself, um, I think that you got to look at it and, and go, there was, there was a lot of different storylines I mean, Greg, we got an Aprilia and a KTM first and second in the series right now. It's it's unbelievable. Is you that know, I mean? I mean the, three
0: people, races in, three races in, nine different podium, uh, standers. You know what I mean? Nine different people on the podium. How crazy in, is that? In GP, yeah. I That's mean, just
1: insane.
0: I, I know that obviously for some people it's frustrating when you get the fantasy, but for me, I actually like it, and um thank goodness they gave us two two trades, although. Uh, from Arizona. He was like, or Tony said it. Tony's like, yeah, that's just one extra opportunity for me to basically F it up. And I was was laughing, you know, but it's true. Like you need two trades in fantasy this year because you just don't know. And with that weekend in particular, you had no real database to go on. If you were looking at fantasy or even as you know, Jay, that the teams look at it and they go, like most people could predict that you know, Alicia Spargo was going to win the race, right? Like you kind (laughs) of got the feeling he, he just, he just set the pace each session. If you add his lap times together on his, his runs, I mean, he clearly had the fastest times and race. Yeah. yeah.
1: But, but Greg, it's easy to say that. Like, if no, I'm just saying I
0: ride right, right speed. I mean, you know, correct. you don't know who's going to who's gonna torpedo into turn one and clean somebody out. or well, And Aleish did not get a good start. Like, his bike went pop, 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 pop. You know, like, buck, 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 buck. Off still the came line. out of
1: turn two and second. And the thing is, or turn one and second, the thing is, Greg, is that it's easy to look at that and go, like, <clears throat> guy's the quickest. Race distance looks quickest. Qualifying, he was fast. It looked like things were kind of lining up for him, right? That said, if I was to, like, say, all right, G-Dub, 500 bucks who you got i don't know if people i don't honestly think that there's anybody out there that would have said i'm taking a leash with the history of aprilia with the history of a lace it's really hard to predict when a guy's going to win his first grand prix this is his 200th grand prix been in the paddock for 17 years he's never won one i remember this guy riding the crt bikes riding the forward yamaha i remember all those suzuki this is a guy that's had opportunities now Obviously, the CRT bikes in those days and things like that, those weren't opportunities. Those were just a ride. But he's been on factory equipment like Suzuki and things before. Um, I think he was Vinales' teammate, wasn't he? And Vinales won on the Suzuki. Yes, Aleish, and a And a didn't.
0: He didn't, but he set one pole position.
1: Correct. So when you look at it, it's like, as a rider, you still have to get it done. And I don't think that there would have been many in the paddock, even though maybe the the people thought, well, because you heard him even talk about it afterwards. People are coming up to him and saying, "You've got the pace, you've got the, the the tire underneath you, you got the bike, you got." It almost puts more pressure on a guy like that because when you're expected to win, it's it's uh, it's a different type of pressure, especially when you've never won before. And you saw him make some mistakes in the middle of the race following Martin. It wasn't the greatest Grand Prix ever. It wasn't like a it was, but it had a lot of intrigue. Um, because he planned it and you could kind of see that once he kind of got halfway through the race, we watched it back last night here at Jim's house. I watched it again. And if you watch kind of midway through the race, once he really, it was almost like it was with each lap, he was gaining confidence knowing, Oh yeah, I got this. Like I can stick behind Jorge Martin all day long. And how about the speed of that thing? I mean, Very a, went right by and uh, there was one lap where it looked like they got into that turn five or six area of the tight, right. Where Martine threw his leg out, it actually looked like the lace hit it. Um, to me. They didn't say anything about it on TV, but it actually looked like he hit his leg and it kind of threw a lace off and he ran wide. Martin got him back. And I thought, you know, as great as his ride was, I thought Martine's ride was amazing too. Guy didn't score any points the first two rounds. Um, he ends Plus, up. there was no other Ducati and, even in the area. Not even close, and that's just what's crazy. But you know, Martine ends up second. He gets his twenty points on the board. I think it's actually a good thing for him. That you've had this um, you've had all these different winners and all these different people up in the front because it's allowed the points gaps to, to stay somewhat close, hasn't it? So he's 20 points back. I think Alisha has got 40-something points. So it's not like he's a million points back. Go through the results real quick, Greg. Alish wins the race. Uh, Martin second. Alex Renz and Joan Mir. Third and fourth on those Suzuki's. I think those guys, I don't know, we'll talk about that in a minute, but I think I think Renz as a different rider. I think he's in that mindset of, like, got to get these points. And he just kept dwindling that lead away. Bagnaya, kind of a salvage job for him. He ends up fifth over Brad Bender. Vinales ends up seventh on the other Aprilia, and he was only six and a half seconds back, right? Those first six, seven guys, pretty close. Um, Quattroro, eighth. Bedzecki, who just continues to impress. Ninth, fastest rookie. Bastianini ends up tenth. Luca Marini, who came from... That front row, he ends up 11th with Nakagami Oliveira. Really disappointing for Jack Miller and 14th and LA and Alex Marquez, 15th, who wasn't even a, like a factor. But when you look at somebody like Jack Miller, even, you know, Jack Jack was talking about, he's like, I didn't pass a single person the whole race. He would have been 16th had Zarco and Paul not crashed.
0: Wow. No points and finish in a race. That's a tough pill to swallow when you're a factor. I rider. mean,
1: and, he, and he's, he's took it on the chin a bit. Like, if you just listen to the way he talks, he's like, he's not trying to point blame. He's not... Obviously, there's a problem, right? There's got to be a problem. Um, it's hard yeah, to say what it is,
0: but... I mean, we don't know. There's a lot of stuff going on. But to me, it just looks like the overthinking of the engineers for ingenuity. You know, the ingenuity of, look, we've got to do something different. I think it's caught up to him, And it's the, we've got to keep advancing. And I think that, Something tells me that that front um, compression device for the forks, trying to get all that stuff that they ended up abandoning, I think that probably had effect on what is going on with these brand new bikes. But it's hard to say because Martin's on the same bike, same spec, as the factory boys are, and he did a great
1: job. And I mean, and, maybe that just... and, and, and when you say that even, uh, not to interrupt you, but you got Bagnaya, yeah. he ends up 5.8 seconds back. I mean, Miller was 14.8, so he was nine seconds behind his teammate, and, you know, whatever you want to say, Jack Miller should be finishing 14th. We know he's better than that. So it's kind of one of those things that was really a shocker to me to be able to see him not move forward, like, at all. Um, And to your point, you got this kid, Jorge Martin, who's – I mean again, we got seventeen races to go. He's thrown himself right in the middle of it, hasn't he? Uh Martin yeah, as long as He great stays talk. healthy.
0: That was I mean, he, he he came out of the gate, right? Like just absolutely fire last year. It's for a rookie season and just slowed him down with the injury. So as long as he stays healthy and all that kind of stuff. Um I'm curious to 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 you know I love like the directors of MotoGP. I'm a big fan. You know, uh Enrique Sierra, one of their top guys, has been over here, you know, last year couple of years ago doing Moto America races, but when they get into their standard pattern of like having to cut away to like teams cheering or somebody watching a TV, this was one of those races where it really got me aggravated because I had zero confidence that Alish was actually going to win that race mm-hmm. out front until he came out of the last corner because we've seen riders before i mean think about it 17 years and 155 days he was in he's been in the gp paddock at the time of that win and he'd never won something that big never won something you know and you're like he's had fastest laps he's had pole positions but to do that and i can't even imagine what was going through his brain to distract him from the task at hand and so tip of the cap but they just kept cutting away from it and i was like what are you doing you know mm-hmm. like i wanted every single corner of those last two laps. And that's like, I was nervous because, you know, I've, I was too. I've, I've, I know Aleish, you know, like if you walk up to him and stuff, I mean, he remembers me, he does, probably doesn't know my name, but he remembers my face. And do you remember like a couple years ago, we were at Coda or something. And I know you remember this. And I called him Paul by accident. And he got yeah, I do pretty pissed that. at me. I remember yeah. I was like, just, I was so upset about it. I still am in a way. But every time I saw him, I it was happens. like, man, what I'm sorry. You do? Yeah, what But you he's, do? he's a nice cat. He's a good dude. And I think, um
1: you know, when he took the lead in that race, Greg, to your point, there were mistakes being made. Like, he would ran wide a couple times, and he – it was almost like, again, he followed Martine, made some mistakes behind him, always closed that gap back up. When he took the lead, made some mistakes, Martine got back through. When he finally took the lead with, like, four to go, he was still making a couple of mistakes, and it was like with two to go, it almost looked like he just had a – yeah. You know, you, I do anyways. I sit there and I talk to myself when I'm writing, And it's almost like he said, okay, settle down. Just hit your marks. Do what you got to do. Like, just bring this home now. You've cut this far. There's, you're not going to have a better chance than this right now. Like, just pull your shit together. And it was like he did that in those last two laps. I thought he rode really well. But I'm, I'm like you. I I get super frustrated with four laps to go. They're showing slow motion of Bedzecki and Marini going through a tight right I'm like, what are we doing? Like, who cares? Yeah. Like, it's four to go. You got a guy getting ready to win his first Grand Prix, and you're showing slow motion of guys that are running in eighth and ninth or whatever they were. It's it is a little bit frustrating that stuff. And they show restarts. It seems like they show the they show ten different versions of the start, like with seven laps to go in the race. And there's like a what do you think? I mean,
0: they they tried doing it with us, and we we finally just said, hey, I mean, the the big the biggest thing is is that. For, for from the production standpoint, and you know, is that they they just refuse to use picture in picture. If they did what we do, which is picture in picture occasionally, mm-hmm. you, it would solve a lot of your problems. I mean, there's there's sometimes, especially post race, where Simon's interviewing people we never hear from. You know, Massimo Ravola or whatever, like these key people in these organizations. I would love to be able to see those folks. See what they look like. See what their face looks yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, I'd be great. I agree but, with you. I mean, the the program MotoGP puts together is amazing, and you know, with these even every year they advance their graphics. Pa- package and you yeah. know as you can see like when someone sits the fastest lap of the race on the left hand side of that little chicklet, you're going to see like a fire you know emoji and then if they get a track limit warning the little freaking warning look you know thing comes up and stuff like that but i mean they do a great job it was just one of those weird occasions where i was like like i didn't want to see the team standing there cheering like i know that they're cheering i know that they're hanging off the fence i wanted to see a leash I wanted to see Aleish come across the line and I wanted to see what he was going to do after he crossed our finish line. And they didn't show that. They actually didn't show the checkered flag. And I was just like, man, you know, I I get, I mean, the reason that they have multiple directors and everything else is they do have a formula that they kind of stick to and it definitely works. But in this particular case, I think it probably would have been, uh, I would have liked to seen it a little bit differently because it was such an impactful you know, a I mean, big deal. Yeah. Jason, think about back to the time the CRT days. You know, yeah. I don't know if uh. you and I were talking as much about MotoGP then as we do now. But when 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 Alisha Spargo got that ride, a lot of us were just like, well, just because he's got money back. I mean, he was quick, but he wasn't yeah. like ultra fast. And you were like, oh, it's just money. And then his brother came in, and we were all like, eh, hey, these guys, it's just money. And then alicia started showing some stuff over the years, and. The fact that you stick it out for as long as you did, seventeen years and one hundred fifty-five days, and then you win one—I mean, dude, there's—I mean, tip of the
1: cap. You but know don't I mean? you got to feel like the guy puts a lot of work in off the track? You could—I love followers. I've been following him on Instagram for a few years now, and he's always so positive, and he's always on a bicycle, and he's always—you know—he's always training. and He's got—it looks like a great family. Uh, Michael Gilbert and I are always talking about his it, like his man cave is just full of bicycles. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's wild. You <laughs> he's know? got a so,
0: trainer. He does he got his trainer. Zwift. Yeah. So when it's when it's
1: freezing cold wherever he's at, I mean, he's he's shown himself going out riding in the snow too. But the thing is, is that is this is the kind of win though that can propel somebody now. Like now he can go. Okay, whew, I got a win. I got a win in MotoGP. Like. Maybe thought it was never going to happen at times. Like he said, he almost quit three years ago. So you sit there and you look at it and go, now he knows he's got a bike to win. He's been competitive the first three races. He's been competitive in all three of them. Um, had the weather there in Indonesia. Still got his points. Guy's leading the championship. That's never happened before. And so when you look at some of this stuff, man, it's like Aprilia is on the map now. And it looks like they have a bike that works pretty well everywhere. It's going to be really interesting now to see what he can do with this. And is the pressure off him enough to where he can just go forward now and try to win more? I I, I really do think that he has the potential to win three or four more races this year.
0: Um, I, I mean, I, I, he's got potential to stick himself right there in the championship as well. That's exactly right. Yeah,
1: there's no question. So Did you when hear you the start- stat
0: that, that, that a Japanese bike hasn't won in like six
1: races? Dude, seven it races? is... It is so crazy. Like, I saw that. It's all been Italian and Austrian. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so yeah, it's that MotoGP is in such a great place. Greg, I want your take on the two Suzuki's right now. Both these Suzuki's were under two seconds back at the end. And I mean, closing quickly at the end there.
0: Well, that's um, the thing. I mean, if you look at Rins, other than the start and the time he had to make up, he had the exact same pace because it was going from like 1.1, 1.2 to 0.8, like for those last bunch of laps. I mean, if Rins was there, He could have won the race, you know, just as easily so that that's a big deal. It's just, he had a bad qualifying position. He didn't get the greatest of starts and had to work his way. But once he settled into his position, so if you go back and just look at the, you take out the first like three, four laps in the lap times and it's, he ran basically the same pace and he didn't fade, which has been a Rins thing as of late, Yep. Yep, which is a really good sign because of the extra horsepower that Suzuki has. With all the stuff that they did with the throttle management in terms of getting the the throttle more connected to the motor, getting it better for the riders, the extra power, the big question mark is how long is it going to take them to get the tire life? You know, I was hanging out with Tim and Tony in Phoenix watching this thing at Tim's house. And, you know, the 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 question was, you know, like, well, the Suzuki automatically is really good at the end of the race. Like, well, no, because now they've increased the horsepower and now they're beating up a tire you know still look pretty good though at the end let me ask you this: that's what i'm saying but it wasn't the first race it wasn't at qatar they faded at qatar and if you look at the comments from suzuki and what and what they were saying in press releases on social media it's like whoops we got a lot of horsepower now now we've got to figure this issue out.
1: let me ask you this greg how much of a difference would it be if those guys could qualify on the front row or second row these guys are coming from third and fourth rows that's what destroys their tires so i'm saying like Yes, everything that you're saying to your point is true when they're at Doha. That's a hard track to pass on anyways, um, without being somewhat, I mean, these guys are all going the same speed now. I mean, corner speeds and stuff are, are they, I mean, it's made it really hard to pass and you know, when you're continuously trying to get a a 10th of a second better drive than the guy in front of you, that wears out your tires more. Now I'm saying if Rins starts on that front row, Martin and Elise don't maybe get away as quickly as they did because if you watch, Renz had to go through. Uh, he had to go through um, five. Maybe. Paul Spargro. He had to go through like three or four guys. He got a really good start. Yeah. But he, by the time he got to third, those guys had like a 2.7 second gap with 19 to go, and it was like he just whittled it away and whittled it away. And he did, away. but
0: a big a big chunk of those whittling away were, were when those two guys were fighting each other. So he would get half a, te- he would get like four tenths back, and then he would be able to maintain it. And then Alish went back by him again and made a mistake, and then he got a chunk back. So with that- the cameras, that-
1: though, with the cameras, what you can't see is that when you're in Alex Wynn's position and you're sniffing those guys right there in front of you, he's making tiny little mistakes too. So that gap, when it started at 19 to go, when he was 2.7 back, and they're like, "Well, the gap's too big. Don't think he's going to close in." I'm like, "19 to go, he can close in." Because when you're chasing and you're pushing as hard as he is, there's going to be places where you run a little bit wide. So um, either run a little bit wide in some places or outbreak yourself in a couple spots. I thought Renz did a tremendous job. Mirror with two to go, started closing on everybody quite a bit quicker. Um, I just think that the Suzuki's, I mean, they have just been solid to start the season. And I think it's only going to get better. I think... Looking back a little further, Bagnaya ends up fifth. Again, Greg, I think that's like a, a salvage when you job. Pull, when, a do you, bit, when do you right? pull
0: Pecco out of the championship chatter? Because obviously he was a preseason favorite for a lot of people.
1: I still think he's a favorite. I think it's a lot of season to go. I, You can't – I mean, right, Greg? You can't really rule anybody out right now because it's – Not the
0: way GP is. There's not, no <laughs> Yeah, no It's
1: just – and and it's going to become – I mean, Greg, don't you think – it's also going to be coming down to who makes the mistakes. I mean, who whoever makes the least mistakes this year.
0: But there's so um, much pressure because there's so many people up front, so many yeah. different people up front. There are yep. people that are going to make mistakes. It has to happen. Agreed. Even though we have now an extra, what, two races than we've had, you know, it's the most amount of point scoring opportunities. I still don't think you're going to see a record point scoring haul for the year, meaning that the total amount of points that, the world champion is going to gather over right. the year. It's still not going to match like what Marquez did four years ago or whatever it was, the record, right? Even even with the extra two races, because this is going to come down to, I think it's going to come down to about three quarters of the season who's going to remain healthy and who's going to be able to to be mistake-free. Because if, we, if this continues, there's no chance that this can continue, right, Jay? There's no way that we're going to go three different podium finishers another week and another week. And I, well, obviously there's going to have to be repeat. Ha,
1: we got nine guys on the podium so far this year. I yes. was thinking about this when you said it earlier. Bagnaya hasn't even been on the podium yet. There's, there's, <laughs> right. That's like a 10th guy that you would think that's going to be there, right? And, uh, and look,
0: post-race, the, the 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 head of Aprilia Racing said that Alaysha's win is is great for Aprilia, it's great for Alaysha, all that stuff. But it's also really good for Maverick Vinales because it's proven to Maverick that this bike can win races. It's only and six and that, a half
1: seconds back. It's amazing,
0: right? And that they're close. So you know, if, as I'm looking through this, I'm going, "Well, okay." So Pecco o- on the box. Has Rins actually gotten on the box yet this year? Nope, that was his first, right? Yeah. So so he's going to be on there people, more often, so. right? Yeah. Yep. Betzecki, you're telling me, Bastianini. You know, there, there's there's other there's other riders out there that if they if they catch fire, and what we haven't seen obviously is like you know when's Raul Fernandez, Remy Garner, when are these guys going to step up? What I, yeah, but the, the only rider I look at in the field, honestly, is that I would say is not going to be a podium contender this year would be Vizioso and possibly DG Antonio. But I, I still think that Fabio DG Antonio on the Grassini bike could have a weekend. He could make a step in the middle of the season and he could be a podium contender. But other than fill in Stefan Brattle, I mean, you're, you know, maybe Darren Binder isn't a podium contender, but Remy Garner could get hot. Fernandez could get hot. Alex Marquez, if it rains, he showed, you know, obviously Jack Miller, yeah. Miguel Oliveira, Nakagami, who hasn't had one, but he could have a breakout one. Like it's, it's, it's a very interesting mix. Generally, you and I get to this point in the season, four races in at Austin, and we're like, all right, we kind of know who the top six are going to be. Yep. Yep. But yeah, here's, no, the, here's the problem. Pretty, Number one, you wild. go to Qatar. Number one, you go to Qatar, right? And Qatar is like a Daytona. It's, it's unique. It's blah, blah, blah. Then you go to Indonesia, rain. Then you go to a two day event in, in Aragon. We have yeah. not had. In Argentina, one, yeah. In Argentina, sorry. We have yeah. not had one race weekend that could even give us enough information to formulate any type of an opinion on how this year is going to go.
1: Uh, well, when they go back to europe i know a lot of these guys circle like all right we're going back to europe in you know whatever it is round five so or is it round five yeah so you sit there and you go a lot of those guys are doing that. and that's why i think it's important for marquez to get on a bike get points i mean that's what he's got to do you look at martini threw the first two races away and then he gets his 20 points here so that's like a that's to me that's a pretty big that's a great move on his part to get those 20. And it's like you're kind of wondering, is he going to be able to – is he going to be able to make a run at the championship? Well, when you look at it now, I'm just looking at – he's ninth place right now, and he's only 25 points out. So you think about it, Greg. He lost two races, essentially gives up those 50 points right off the bat, right? He's only 25 points back in the championship now, which he's a lace leading at 45, seven-point lead over Binder. So let me ask you this. How many people would have thought that it's going to be a Spargo, Brad Bender, and Anaya Bastianini in their top three after the first three rounds of the series? What would that like,
0: line in Vegas have looked like? Oh I mean, I know God. you're not a gambler.
1: Not a gambler. Okay. Yeah, no, I don't gamble. But can you uh,
0: imagine can't. what that and line so, would look like? I would, Bas- I would have
1: put $100 down on that to make a 1000 or more. Oh, yeah, you, it, Your odds probably would have been bigger than that, to be honest with you. You would have got more for your money because Renz is actually tied for fourth. And then you got Quattro fifth, another guy. He hasn't really been anywhere, has he? I mean, Quintero gets that second place. No, at but did, did you? Manalik, and he's he's, he's only not 10 the points. surprise. He's, he's,
0: he's the he's, only one I'm saying, Jay, that's not a surprise, unfortunately. And it has nothing to do with him. The guy's fast. No, it has to do with a, Yamaha. You gotta like, think to that— to say that three, four race, three races in, he'd be fifth in the championship. I would have shrugged my shoulders and said, "Yeah, okay, that makes sense."
1: And he's ten points back. It's nothing. Like it literally is nothing. And he's got Joamir behind him a couple points. Oliveira seventh, who was nowhere again. Oliveira is just so up and down. You just never know what you're going to get with him. Zarco ends up 8th after crashing um, again out of that spot. Martin ninth and Paul is 10th after his accident, crashed out. But that said Martin and Aspargo poll, that is are only 25 points back in in the top 10. So I don't know, GDB, it's the the championship itself is going to be so much fun to watch cuz you just never know what you're going to get. And like I've been telling everybody, MotoGP right now, it it can't disappoint you. There's just so many good storylines of what's going on out there. And now we've got two competitive Aprilias. Um, I mean, will Maverick pull his head out? Well, I guess we'll see, you know. Um, Pull his thumb out like the Aussies
0: say. Well, why don't we just talk real briefly since we're talking about MotoGP. What do you think for Austin moving into
1: it? It's going to be really interesting, and I think with some of the newfound speed of some of the bikes, the Aprilia, the Suzuki, it'll you know it's going to go back again. Um, we saw Rins win there before, haven't we? We saw Rins win there, I think, two years ago. Two years, years ago. ago, wasn't that when Rossi was chasing him? I think Rossi ended up second. That was the year that Marquez fell over. I think Rins won that race, and um, Rossi ended up second. I could be wrong, but I think that, that was the year. Dude, um, it's so
0: weird with this COVID stuff and the races getting canceled. How like I'm kind like of forget saying, things? What, what happened? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: But I think that, that was the year that Rins won. Yeah, so won. that
0: was 2019. So Rins wins by four tenths of a second over Rossi. Jack Miller was third. That. Davizioso yeah. was fourth. Morbidelli fifth. Our boy Petrucci and Quadraro was seventh. That was his rookie year, right? And then Cole, Bagnaya, Nakagami, Vinales, 11th. So that's the thing. I mean, I, I don't think we can look at past other than Marquez and say, there's anybody here who's coming in as a clear favorite for Coda? I think it's going to be a crapshoot again. The where did Martin? Looks good. Where did
1: Martin finish there last year? Because he he seemed really excited to get there. He was like, "It's going to be a good track for me," which is great. Um, but oh, I that's I, right because
0: we we went last year, but we, we you did. and I didn't go. It was at the like the last one of the season. Yep, we didn't uh, go. Or, or a couple to go. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think where he
1: ended up. But but talking talking so, about So it, it was
0: it was. It was uh Marquez four and a half seconds over Quadraro. Uh he was another f- four and a half seconds ahead of or four or five seconds ahead of Bagnaia. Rins was fourth, Martin fifth, eleven yeah, seconds off. back. Bastianini, Miller, Miran eighth, Binder, Polos and Miguel yeah. Oliveira.
1: It's it's hard for me to look past Renz for some reason at this race. I think that he he's I really do believe that he will be um you know, I think he'll be the guy this week, and it's going to go right again back to what's going to happen as far as um, qualifying goes. I think if he can qualify up in the front, um, the Suzuki will be, I think, a bit more of a weapon here. Uh, it's got more acceleration now out of the tight corners, it seems. It's got grip. It's got speed. Um yeah, won't lose down the back straight away. I like just feel like that first sector and stuff, Rins was really good there the year he won. I remember that Rossi would kind of close in, and then Rins would get through that first sector really well. So I think the Suzuki's will be tough. But I also think, I mean, judging by what I saw and how well the Aprilia worked at uh, the last round, I think that they'll be good too. But this track here at Coda, it's it's really all about stability, braking. It's very physical. Like Fedzecki said something about that in his post-race comments in Argentina that, you know, Coda is such such a physical track. It's going to be his first time riding a MotoGP bike there. Um, Yeah, good point. So The the one thing I will say about
0: this, Jay, that's good news. This looks like it has all the signs that this might be a normal MotoGP weekend in terms of if you look at, you know, Qatar went pretty smooth. Indonesia was riddled with rain and and schedule changes and all that kind Correct. of stuff, almost like we had at Daytona. And then, of course, what happened last week with the two day. So if you look at least the weather, if everything gets to the States on time and everybody has their normal load, load in period and can work on bikes, you're looking at a high of 84 degrees on Friday, 82 on Saturday and 86 on Sunday, it, it looks like it'll be windy during warm-up on Sunday. But the, the, the reason I bring it up is because with the temperature, if it's going to be 84 on Friday, 82 and 86, that is a window in which Michelin's going to really know what they're going to get from the tire, and the teams are going to know what they're going to get from the tire. So that yep. means it plays itself into much better setup time yep. and a lot yep. less. See, the thing that's weird to me is, like, with the Aprilia situation, is the was close to the outright— Uh, race record which is impressive and he complained constantly that he didn't have grip from the beginning and so i'm like man if he had grip what would he have done but again the record in argentina was set on bridgestones and bridgestone has made it most of its speed on the front end michelin tends to make most of its speed on the rear end of the motorcycle and obviously we know from a couple crashes we saw at argentina that yeah if you don't have your front end right is bye-bye you know off it goes so this is going to be kind of a week a first weekend that we're going to really see I think teams in the rhythm, in the groove, you know, that the tire manufacturers are going to have something predictable for the race. And so this will be the first weekend before we get, like you're saying, to Europe, where we're going to kind of see how how bikes were developed, how well these teams work on a regular schedule, how the riders adapt to it. There's just so many things there. And Coda, as much as I'm not a fan of the layout of the track, it does give you a lot of variety of crap. You know, like the it does turn we- one, it gives you slow... They're second gear corners now, but the first year they came, remember that whole back section was
1: all first gear for a GP bike and stuff. Well, the long, problem long that you have with, the problem with Coda is it lends itself to too many mistakes, lends itself to, you know, in those passing zones, when you get down to those really, really slow corners, uh, it's really easy to lose time in those places that make it hard to... to that's why we don't really ever see great racing. Like, can you look back and go, oh, that was the best GP race ever and think about yeah. anything like that. Yeah, No. Even the Moto2, moto 3 even. I don't even remember really watching races where I'm like, oh my god, that no, it was It seems
0: like there's always a there's always a checkout or something, you know, other yeah, than it's, that. It's, that it's 19 race between Rossi and Rins. Yeah, and but the other thing too is that we haven't really but touched Rossi on But Rossi never
1: really got there.
0: No, he didn't, he didn't get there. No, he didn't. He was, he and, was and, close, and,
1: but he never really yeah. got there in that But race. the other Rins thing Rins too Jay is
0: it. is you know, they had that NASCAR race there a couple of weeks ago Yeah. the NASCAR drivers like the stuff I was reading, they were complaining that that it's garbage still, that it's bumpy and it's, you know, like the repave and all the work that they did doesn't seem from a NASCAR perspective, like it's been a big change it, it, that it changed anything. So that's also the concern is like when the GP bikes get there, how does a motorcycle fare versus, you know, a, a
1: NASCAR? Wow. you're going to hear a lot of it after the first session, if it's bad still, because those guys are just going to light the place up. So, you know, let's hope that that, like, I'm looking forward to getting down there and, and checking it all out. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's Kota's never been obviously a favorite of mine, and um, I'm, you know, it's great that we got this series. In terms series of the layout, like the town's here. great, yeah. the people are great, Yo, the food is really great. good, right? Oh, like, like all absolutely. the other things. Absolutely, yeah. And by the way, one
0: of our producers, Russ, he's like, he wants to know what you're up to on Thursday because he's like, we're gonna run the stairs, aren't we? You're gonna run the stairs again? Are you
1: gonna do it with us, G Dub?
0: Oh no, no,
1: G Dub. What is like? <laughs> come on, man. What is wrong no. with you? Uh, we'll see. So my boy, can Russ, we go to Moto Two, please? How, can we just how great was Moto2? that that he did that with me last year, and then he did it twice. Yeah, Ran up the what, what is it? What is it called, Gita? What is that thing called? Like the big uh, the tower overlook there at Coda. I, we were there. I we were know. there for it, the test. You and I did some Instagram stuff, I think, at the top yeah, there, didn't we? I don't remember. So, what the name was. all right. Well, let's just move on. Let's look at some. Uh, yeah, let's Moto2. look at s- some Moto Two results at. Um, okay, I just had it up. Hold on, got it. Um, man, Chelsea Vietti. Looks like he's really trying to take over this this championship. Um, sorry, G-Dub. Hold on a second here. I'm trying to get this
0: No, I'll get it. So I, I, while you're working me, yeah. on it, Chantra was yeah. second, which yep. is unbelievable. What a stud. Iagora, huh? I, yeah, Igora in third. Canette uh, in fourth. Jake Dixon in fifth. Arbolino, sixth. Acosta. Uh, Arenas. Bo Schneider in ninth. That's actually a really good result for, for Bo Schneider. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sam Lowe's was in 10th. Beaubier was 11th. Joe Roberts in 13th. And a little incident for our boy Joe Roberts, or Sean Dylan Kelly, at the beginning of the race. And he, he gets his first DNF. Uh, there, there were quite a few people that fell off in this race. Uh, ben Gerberg, Navarro, Rodrigo, De La Porta fell off. Uh, Aldegar, the, Furman. And they, they, by the way, they they, they say... His his last name, two different ways. Aldegar, Aldegay. Um, so hopefully I'll run into Furman. Dude,
1: what a stud that kid is.
0: He really is, dude.
1: Like, I don't know how many people have really been following him, but, you know, kid's 16 years old. And last year, I, I remember him being in the top 10, I believe, at his very first – I believe he was top 10 at his first Grand Prix that he did. I can't remember where it was, G-Dub. This kid will be a world champion, though. This kid's unreal. He's on that um, – Bosque Scura chassis. He's like one of the only right. ones on So he's on
0: like it. the only. Well, yeah, there's like two of them on the grid, like and he's Fanati's, running the front. Dude, crashed though.
1: Eight, was oh an 18th. God. Did you think that he was going to pull that off for just a brief second? Like he was for gonna a brief that second, I thought so. And
0: then, oh And then the rear wheel caught and whipped him around in a way that was oh, gnarly. Never, and never I was see, I've a, never
1: seen an accident like that. I've never. Neither have
0: like I. That. It yeah. just it was crazy, and I. I said to somebody on the, I think I was on the phone, and I was like, "There is no chance that that frame doesn't have a crack in it somewhere because there was no design of a motorcycle frame that was meant to take a load in in the way that it spun around." But the other thing with with him too is, post race they talked to him and they asked him about the crash. He didn't answer. He doesn't remember the crash, dude. He got knocked out and he's pretty dizzy. So I hope he's going to be okay in the long run. But I'm, I really want
1: I really want to watch him.
0: Yeah. So I, I hope he's, okay, I too. hope
1: he's okay this week, and I want to see it live. And yeah. But no. dude, let's
0: talk I mean, congratulations to Vietti, right? I mean, great great job right. by him. He managed the pressure. He he passed for the lead. But Somkiat Chantra, dude, he's he's arrived. Like he's the real deal, he's in here. my opinion. Right? Yeah. Like tell me tell me what you think about him.
1: Well, I'm thinking that your boy's in a lot of trouble because when you start to look <laughs> at at, at Chantra, he's on the same team as Agura, and Agura's already been kind of pinned down as the guy that's gonna take Nakagami's place, but like that whole team works together. Like what what do you do with Chantra? You can't just overlook him, can you? I mean, he's gonna be ready to be moved up. He's a character. It looks like he's got he's got some personality, he's got a different look about him, comes from a different country that, you know, has never been on the podium before his win at um uh before his win at Mandalika. So you sit there and you look at it and you think to yourself, Chantra right now is kind of the surprise of the championship. Didn't get to do the first race because he had an injury. But when you look at it, Greg, he's you know, he's forty, he's in third in the championship. Uh, Be it he's 45, uh, 35 points behind um, or 30 points back of, I I can't remember if he's 30 or 35. Sorry, G-Dub. But I know he's behind Viette some. Viette's pulled out like a 21-point lead over Kinnett. So, I mean, when you look at it and you started to think about who are going to be the championship contenders going into this year, uh, Viette wasn't really on the tip of my tongue. I don't remember that. And I knew Kinnett would be good. We knew Sam would be good. There were like... Everybody had was on the Pedro Acosta chain, train. Uh, Augusto Fernandez as well was a guy. So there were guys there, and all of a sudden you got Viete and and Chandra in the top three. And Chantra doesn't show any signs of slowing down. He's going to be a he's going to be a threat at every race.
0: And everything you said about Chantra is true. But I want to add the fact that of how many how many motorcycles are made in Thailand worldwide. You know, there's like you know the the majority of those like small displacement bikes like the 400s and stuff like that. Yep the Hondas and, you know, like they're they're all made in Thailand. And it's like, you know, so to think, if you think that that doesn't play a factor in decisions being made or money being spent in MotoGP, Mm -hmm. then you don't understand that this is, (laughs) this is a multi, multi, 1000000 dollar business. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to want
1: that. They're going to want that kid on a MotoGP bike. Basically what you're saying, right? Yeah,
0: uh, exactly. Yeah. 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 Because there's a lot of great things about, him being on that bike. I don't want to predict it too early. Okay. It's been two races, but a win in a second place to me, like the one thing that's interesting about drag racing, right, is you go out and set a record breaking time, but then you have to back it up within a certain percentage of that record breaking time for it to, for it to like count, to right? Count as a record. Yeah and, yeah. and so I always kind of look at that and say, that makes sense to me. And so the Chantra win, I think we're all kind of sitting back going, okay, it was it. Because there was a lot of fans there. Or maybe there's some emotional attachment there. Is this kid really got speed? But he's definitely jumped and he's convinced himself he belongs there. And yeah. the thing that impressed me the most was he was close. He was in contention, you know, to, to Vietti and he didn't make any dumb mistakes and yeah, put himself in a gravel trap. He was he kind of just said, Look, I'm getting points. I'm getting the 20 points and I'm getting out of here. Iogura, on the other hand, had a good run. He was really far back. He worked himself up. There were some things that happened that that got him to third place. Mm -hmm. But I think for I, at the beginning of the race, I would not have pegged him for a podium because generally we don't see a lot of the, the, you know, he's in 11th or something like that, or eighth or ninth or on the first lap. And then work your way up into a podium. We don't see a lot of that in moto two He
1: he did an awesome job though. Getting through on connect there, you know, on the last corner, last two corners. I mean, he did a, he did a really, really nice job there of getting himself through and, and uh, doing the business. so for Agura, you know, again, I think it's uh, it's important for him to continue to be. Again, we got so much racing left in the season, and we, we do, we do. But but, but, all- but you do hear you do hear the chatter of Nakagami being replaced by Agura. But it's like when your teammate <laughs> when your teammate's next to you and he's won a Grand Prix already and he's put himself in a good place. Um, it's 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 a it's a hard one. Well, and the, and the point decision.
0: of the the Mitsu team is both in Moto2, Moto Two Moto Moto GP is that connection, that, you know, that regional connection to, to find a world champion, you know? So yeah. that's, that's, you know, it's not just because Ayagura is Japanese, that that makes any sense. It's like, right. well, coming up through that system of developing those riders. So yeah, Chantra right now is making a good, a good point to do it. Um, I do want to say, you know, congratulations. It's, it's ridiculous that I'm going to say this, but Cameron Bobier was the, he was the fastest rider in FP1. And I thought that he was going to be able to maintain the pace, but it, I think what ended up happening was he stalled out at that same lap time. And then. Wasn't he, he know, was quickest
1: had... in Q1, right, Dub?
0: No, no. I'm, I mean, he. I thought he was. I thought. I could have sworn he led FP1.
1: Oh, did he? I thought it was just Q1. But, anyways, yeah. yeah but oh,
0: still. Yeah, oh, it was Q1. Sorry. Yeah. yeah I, have, I guess Q1. Again, I had yeah, my everybody. I had my head buried in archery. Course, and then of yep. course with the two days that that was going on so you're right it was it was q1 where he was the fastest out of four. and he one. just
1: missed getting in to the top 12 i mean he it was like last last lap i forget who nipped him because he was 12th so that bumped him to 13th so he had to go into q1 and he he and and greg all those guys if you if you, they were all on the same 10th of a second the first four guys that got through q1 it was just that Cameron let it so that was good real quick in moto 3 g Dub, I don't know if you watched it but oh, I Sergio did. unreal race Sergio Garcia ends up passing Faggia, who looked like he waited and waited and got by Garcia they you know the announcers gave Faggia the win already but Garcia didn't want none of it Garcia ends up winning the race just barely over Faggia who looked pretty stoked to even finish second um you know those guys made contact two corners to go on the last lap. I mean, it's going to happen. And Fazio just took it like a guy, like, like a man, I guess you could say and said, Hey, it was a great race. And he, you know, he, he, he made the gesture. I was this close, you know, to winning, but that's okay. Sasaki. I, I really want to see, I, you know, you know, you've got your thing with a I like, a, I like Sasaki a lot because of what, <laughs> what happened with him at, at, uh, Qatar, that poor kid checked out. He was gone. He was winning his first Grand Prix. The fairing ends up blowing off or coming off, and he ends up not getting it. So you kind of root for a guy like that to try to. That would have been a race. I think he would have won, Greg. You know. So yes. he he had a long lap penalty from an incident at Mandalika, um, and uh, so he he ended up doing a long lap penalty. He showed a lot, penalty. Coise, a lot of poise, a lot of class. Really did, he really did. Really, really. Yeah. Did.
0: And so, he and he and he a post race. I mean, he only finished three tenths off, and and he knew he felt like he had pace to win the race, but he. he just... I, yeah, he just like had like to come the long from 18th, lap, didn't he? he? He only lost 2 seconds that right. lap in the long lap penalty, he'd nailed it.
1: But he went but, from 3rd to the 18th. <laughs> yeah, so it's pretty yeah. crazy that 2 yeah, seconds. Yeah, I guess so, 2 seconds
0: in Moto 3 is is a long way away.
1: It yeah, is Ross, a long way. Rossi ends up 4th. Uh Ricardo Rossi, Suzuki, um Mariga, yeah, wait, then, wait, wait. Oh. I mean
0: let, let, let's just get back to this Jason. Let's just all I really want to know from you is yeah. Let's talk about that last pass of the race. Garcia yeah. literally had a half of an inch and he he put it right on the inside of Foggia and I thought to myself Garcia has got so much trust in his lean angle and his tire right now to do this so late. I think it was the last corner, wasn't it? And there it, was two corners it from the end the last right where yeah. they come yeah. on the
1: left and but I think that you know that, you know, the thing that scares me and sorry, the thing that scares me, Greg, is, is it's like, I, and I don't, it's, it's not being critical, but I sit there and I think about how you and I portray races and events when we're in the booth. Right. Mm-hmm. And I never want to sit there and go, well, race direction is going to have a look at this or race direction is going to have a look at that. Because the thing is, it's not our job to say what race direction should have a look at or. Or even begin to go down that narrative, okay? Because if you watch the race when Aldegar and um, Viette got together, it's like, oh, race direction is going to have a look at this, you know, with – the and I'm like, racing incidents are still racing incidents. There was nothing that was done there that was bad, right? And so when you look at that last corner, last lap, even if he would have punted the guy, even if it, – it, it's like if both riders finish, both guys come across the line – Look, it's the last corner, last lap. These guys are going for it. They want to win the race. You heard Sergio. He said, he was. Like, I just had to go. I had to have a try. I had to have a go. All right, championship, all that stuff's out the window. It's like, I got two corners to try to win a Grand Prix, and I'm going to try to do it. Um, but so when you say you want to ask me about it, I go, it was hard racing. It's good racing. It's what you would expect. That's why we all tune in loved, and watch to, to see who's going to do that. I yeah, love to
0: pass. In light of all of that race direction crap yes. that looms over them. He put it out of his head. He made a r- nice clean pass. I thought it was a gutsy pass. And yes. then for Foggia at the end, the way he reacted, he was pumped. And you know what? He just knew. You know what? It, it just seemed like he knew. I, I I, gave him half an inch too much, you know? And he put it there. And so I thought from both riders' class, I thought it was a really nice pass. And I thought that the way Foggia handled it at the end, you know, he didn't Great. get upset. He didn't. It no, was th- he, he was, was pumped. Awesome, he was like, he? dude. It was, was almost like Fajia just said, crazy. "You know what, dude? Hey, that was a that was a move. I mean,
1: what am I gonna do?" And Fajia looks like a MotoGP rider to me. Yeah, he just yeah. does. I don't know when I see his interviews, but but getting getting back to what you're saying, Greg, you know, you you go, and I was gonna bring this up to you just now, and I'm like, oh, the podcast's gonna be too long, but I'm gonna ask you anyways. But one of the things I hate, I hate, is that I didn't get to. I I think I saw it, but I can't remember, but. I can't remember exactly why. Um, oh, um, Sasaki got the penalty from Mandalika, but why not just why not give him like a three-grid penalty? Why long-lap penalty? Going into your race weekend knowing that oh, I've got a long-lap penalty because I made an accident that I didn't really mean to. Ha- I mean, nobody's out there trying to run into people. Like hard racing is hard racing, it's but you want to see. You can't keep penalizing people for for stuff and and how bad would it be to be on a plane coming to america going well they're going to give me a long lap penalty at coda because of something that i did here that was an accident that i didn't really mean to do or i just think it's just it's just and sooner or later greg did you see how he came back on track at from that like where, how he pulled in yeah front the way the
0: camera angles were i got like really nervous because me too. It, the, the, the angle was it didn't look like he had the blend speed Mm-hmm. but he, but, but I guess he was left he enough, wasn't he? He was left. Yeah. He enough, was but... a little bit left enough, but had he, had he really tried to stuff himself in there, it could have been a thing. And that's the thing I worry about the most. Me too. Is if you're taking someone who's a front row qualifier, say, and you give them a long lap penalty, the speed difference, and you've talked about it, you know, like even at the Daytona 200, you know, qualifying times, the speed difference, it's a big deal. You know, some of us have, have, have you know, you, you raced long ago enough in endurance where you had, didn't you race endurance when they still had middleweight bikes on the on the track at the same time? No, not race? world,
1: not world endurance stuff. No.
0: Okay, but you know we're endurance. Yeah. When I race that stuff, oh. I mean you had lightweight
1: bikes, big bikes. It's yeah, just too much. But I mean, the thing Road is, Atlanta, is that,
0: the closing speeds were were insane. Even if you were on a six hundred, you know, going up against SV six fifties. One stuff. of the things
1: and, I think that they need to look into though is that when you start throwing these long lap penalties on the first few laps, when the field is so tightly knit together. And you've got a guy that's going completely off and then jumping back in the middle and trying to find a spot. Um, I could see a potential problem there. What I don't understand is why you don't just make it to where it's like, okay, if you've got a long lap penalty, you have to do it within the first half of the next race. Right. So it's like mm-hmm. if Sasaki could have gone off with the leaders and then, you know, pulled in at some other point of the race, or maybe he led the race, who knows whatever the case is. I just feel like that the long lap thing to me is I, I, I just hate it so much. Well, my, I mean, my
0: question comes down to this, Jason. What, what did it do for Sasaki? Meaning the idea is you have an infraction. You shouldn't be doing that. Here's a slap on the wrist, long lap penalty. Are, whatever he did, are you never going to do it again? Like, did he learn his lesson? Because at the end of the day, this is a business of entertainment. So you're taking yeah. out a guy who has the potential to mix things up, make the race even better. But race direction is saying, no, we need to discipline you so you change your behavior. And that's the part that I think is lost about this. It's just like, well, no. Kind of at the finish of the race. You see at the finish of the race, somebody got demoted a position because they ran oh, off the track. And it was like dude, nine inches from the start-finish line. It was like it had no impact on the great. race finish at all.
1: That was in Moto2, okay?
0: Oh, Moto2, and, that's what it was, yeah.
1: And and what I didn't understand about that, uh, you'd have to pull up the results of that again. The two guys right behind the guy that ran off the track, they're both they're off the also green, off And the, they didn't get yeah. any penalty. I not don't understand we know of, not that, yeah. I, well, they, nobody it's, said anything, and that's why I don't understand. I'm going to tell you exactly who it is because I remember the well, Moto2
0: Mod- Mod- results. So I thought it was, was like so right mad. there, like Arbolino, Dixon, Canet, wasn't it like that? Or sorry. No, it wasn't you know was the—
1: You know what, Greg? It might have been Moto3 because it was—you I you know what? I think you're right. It might have been Moto3 because it's, I think, if I'm not mistaken—
0: Oh, it was Moraria. Mar- Mar- it was— uh, Morera. It? it was Marrera, I think, who got
1: to moted the position as I remember it. So yeah. uh, It's hard to remember now looking back, but I watched it with you. And I'm like, wait a minute. The two guys behind him were off the track too. They were off the track. They were, they were yeah. literally in his wheel tracks. And I'm like, well. What, I, yeah, because I think it was Suzuki
0: was behind him. And I think Suzuki got promoted to fifth. And then he got.
1: Either it's way. Hard, hard to remember. Either way, yeah. it's
0: one of those things where you just like, S- just stop. It's just what so doing? stupid. It
1: is just like, so stupid. What,
0: what, what would you rather, this this is the problem that I have, Jay. What would you rather have happen? This guy do everything he possibly can to not hit the green and contact another rider and then cause an incident, go into the checkered flag and crash out three or four people or yeah. his momentum is just carrying him in a way that he just doesn't have a choice.
1: Yeah, you it's know? just, what do because, you do? <laughs> because by the
0: way, if you look at it, I, I'm pretty sure he was maybe had a degree or two of lean angle, but he was straight up and down. So if it was actual grass, there would have been zero issues. You know,
1: you know who it was? It was Suzuki on the Leopard racing bike. That's exactly who it was. If you look at the results, mm-hmm. he ends up 0.4 back, and the guy in front of him was 0.5 back. But then the other two behind That's him, Marrera and Halgado, they were both off in the green as well. So, mm-hmm. and I remember watching that with you and, or watching that and going, Pfft, Greg and I could do a podcast on this, which we're starting to do right now. But <laughs> yeah, we're it finish. is it is it is frustrating. It is frustrating. It is frustrating because all it's right. like, yeah, the, all those guys came across the line together.
0: So we'll see what happens in Coda with Moto Two, Moto Three. Um, on the Moto Two side of things, I think uh, put some eyes on Cameron Bobier. Obviously, he's coming back. He's he's made a step in his riding. Things haven't gone that well for them, but I believe when they were at, you know at Coda, right, Cameron was was pretty pretty quick last year. Didn't he get top five or something? Six, um, I think. Wasn't
1: he fifth or sixth last year? Fifth and, you know, or six, the He was right up. in the
0: mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I would say look for him. You know, Look for SDK and, and those guys as well. But let's move on because, Jason, the first race of the year for Moto America is the Medallia Superbike Class. 30 entries into this one. And, Jason, if you really look at the landscape of it, there's only two riders that are top riders that haven't had a change. And I say that in air quotes because... Jake Gagne comes in as the number one plate. He's running the number one plate. Fresh and lean, progressive Yamaha racing team. I believe his crew is the same. His crew chief is definitely the same. He's on the same motorcycle. No changes there after 17-win race season and the most points ever collected for a superbike champion. Matthew Schultz, however, on the Westby Bike JP, he's got some uh, changes with the team. Um, that really seem to suit the team a little bit better. So on the outside, it doesn't look like there's any big changes, but internally yeah. there's some things that are gonna work for him. But then of course, then we get into the the musical chairs. Danilo Petrucci shows up for his first race, the War Horse HSBK racing Ducati New York team. He's raced Coda before, but he hasn't actually I don't think has he been here? I don't think uh, he's actually been in the States, turned a wheel, no. probably. Probably well, had a test that we don't know about in the last couple maybe. of weeks. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. then you're going to, you have, um, the new team, you know, the, the, this, this, uh, titlers cycle team where we have five riders, but two of them are on super bikes. PJ Jacobson is back. And then you have Hector Barbara that's moved over to that team. You have all new riders for the vision wheel m 4 x Star Suzuki team in terms of Jake Lewis and Richie Escalante. The question is, is Jake Lewis a rookie? I see because did he ride in 2015? <laughs> you and I weren't weren't around. It was the only year I haven't done anything with the series since 1997. So I have to go look at that. I can't remember. Yeah. But we know that, you know, PJ is going to be in the mix as well. And then you're piling in a bunch of other, you know, Ashton Yates goes to Shybe Racing. I mean, there's a lot of talking points here. Yeah. But at the end of the day, Jake Gagne... What do you think? I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't won at Coda yet because obviously he started his run last year. We never went to Coda, but he hasn't won. I can tell you this in doing my research, Jason, that Jake Gagne was actually fastest in Superbike practice at Coda in 2017 on a Stock Thousand bike when he won the Stock Thousand championship.
1: Man, Greg, so the question I've been getting asked a lot when I go out to Chuck Walla and I'm out there and guys listen to
0: our podcast. Why do you name drop? No, wait. Oh, wait, wait. Are you an actual gambler? No, 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 no. Do you secretly eat chocolate chip cookies at ten o'clock at night? Oh, what, what, what questions? What questions do you get asked?
1: Well, like the question I end up asking them is: If Gagne, if everybody's bikes are running and they're all doing great at the end of the race, who is Gagne's biggest threat? And does he lose if his if he if everything no mechanicals, no crashing, no if everything just is a pure race? Does Jake Gagne get beat? And your answer is? I don't think he does. I don't think no. so either. And and my the, the next comment will be, who do I think is going to be the toughest guy to race with him? And to me, it's his teammate.
0: And, Cameron Peterson, who I didn't mention earlier, but he moves from Suzuki to, to Gagne's teammate. Richard yep. Stamboli has said that he is further along in his speed with this bike than Gagne was his his first year.
1: So, like, doesn't that just scare the shit out of everybody? Like... It's already the best team with the best bike. No question. I mean, there's no question. It's it's you, you can't sit there with the experience of that team and what they've gone through and who they are and and where Richard's gotten these bikes to go. There's no way that you can't say that they're the best team and they're the best bike and the best. Yeah, I mean, they've got all the boxes checked. I don't know. Is there a box there that is unchecked, Greg, that you can think of that Attack hasn't thought of or Richard hasn't thought of? I mean, no,
0: because they've made improvements. You know, Richard's told me that they've even improved the engine characteristics.
1: So the thing is, for me, is I look at, there's a few things. Matthew Schultz, where is he going to end up coming off of last year? He had a great season. He was able to start putting races together. Have they closed the gap to Gagne? That's the question. Have they closed the gap enough to where Matthew can ride at a pace where it's not going to be completely over the edge and ride and race with Gagne? Is that, you know, that's probably my biggest question, Mark. In the series, I mean, you know, everybody's talking about Gagne and talking about Attack, talking about Petrucci, but that Wesby team is a great team, good guys. A lot of the boxes are checked there as well. Um, Matthew won a race, was it last year he won a race? When uh, at the very first round of the year, when Gagne's bike blew up. Um, and so Matthew wants to go win some races with Gagne still running, almost like when Bobby Fong was talking about Cambobia or you know, he wants to go win a race when Cam is still at the time when Cam and Bobby was still ripping around, right? Um, when he won at Road America, Bobby's like, Yeah, I won, but Cameron wasn't, you know, had an accident. So when you look at it, I just don't see anybody beating Gagne. Now, in regards to Petrucci, like I, my feel on this is this. In how long have we seen Petrucci around in this in series now? Since 2012. To ten years. So motivation is going to be the number one thing. This guy obviously got a lot of play out of the Dakar Rally thing. The second thing I worry about is he's won two races in the last three years, four years. One of them was at Mugello, a track that Ducati continuously tests at. It was one of those magical days where he got into a big battle, I believe, with Dovey and Marquez and came out on top. That was his That was his dry race win. Then he won again at Le Mans in the rain. Not discrediting him at all. I, I mean, amazing. But he's not really won much. Um, what is his motivation? I think everybody wants to come to America uh, and be in the series. I got to ask that question yesterday. Like, why do these – why do MotoGP riders, they don't, go to, they don't go to England and they don't go to wherever they, – they want to come to America. Um, but I think that the question marks are going to be the reliability of the machine. The team itself, I think, has undergone some personnel changes. So that will be interesting to see how that goes. But I just feel that until we see Petrucci go race Gagne head-to-head and win, I'm not prepared to sit there and put my neck out and go, Petrucci's the guy that, that can wrestle this away from from Gagne.
0: So if you look at it, I agree with you and all that stuff. I think that yep. Ducati's done more with Dunlop tires than they've ever done before in definitely recent years. I mean, at least they've been tested them in Europe and – I'm sure that there's some bits and pieces that are coming. I mean, definitely electronics. You know, that, yeah. that's the bit we know. Is there a special Dunlop swing arm, blah, 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 blah. I haven't talked to Paolo Chabatti about it yet. I will, you know, at Coda. I'm sure I'll get to see him at Coda. Um, So that that's the deal. The Vision Wheel and 4XR Suzuki team, from that perspective, I think you've got to give a little bit of time to the riders to develop. I know that Richie Escalante has been quick. I will yeah. say for this team, they've done probably more off-season testing than I think they've ever done, you know, because yep. of, they've only been the Superbike team for, what, a couple of years now, or last year, I think, whatever it's been. It hasn't been that long. So, and then the other question mark is, is this Tyler's team? I, I mean, I, I am actually convinced that Hector Barbera is still fast enough to finish on the podium in Moto America. No, I no question. Yeah, I, and so, so he's another one, but the team started late you have a team manager now that's really first time team manager trying to put together mechanics and all this stuff the bikes are built from alpha so that's not really a concern but again those bikes aren't developed around dunlops as far as i know so it's going to be a bit of a learning process for them you know do they have a bike that's immediately podium worthy maybe but maybe not i mean when you when you look at those four when you look at the two fresh and lean bikes and you look at the westby bike you know those bikes are ready to finish on the podium. Cam Peterson was the only question mark. Does he have the speed? Yeah, he's got podium potential. So now the question is, who's going to go and stuff their nose up in there? Can it be done at Coda for the BMW, the Titler's team?
1: I, I think I mean, it's a I, test for those guys, to be honest. I it's a test. I, yeah, it's I a know test some for of them. the stuff it's a
0: test for stock thousand bikes that are there. I yeah, know some yeah, of the brief. stuff
1: that's been going on within the BMW thing, and it's like. It's been a mad scramble and a mad rush to get those things together and get the bikes be, right. I mean, those poor guys be. when they go testing, that it's been raining on them, so they haven't really been able to get a lot of drive yeah, time on too. the bikes. They've with been PJ. Day. Yeah. and you know, the thing is, is that I mentioned I mentioned four riders when we started this. Obviously, the two attack bikes, Scultzy and and Petrucci. I think that that's where your champion's going to come from. It's going to be one of those four. It's not to discredit M4. It's not to discredit the new BMW team uh, or anybody else. But I think that with the when you when you look at the Vision Wheel team, um, Chris done a, a great job trying to be resourceful and and get the best bikes underneath them that they can. But the bikes are a little bit older. Um, they've got two riders, Escalante. Escalante's ridden a superbike, I think, once or twice. I don't even think he's got that many days underneath him. I think they've they've probably done some testing that we don't know about as well. I'm I'm thinking. But when I spoke to Richie at Chuckwalla. It was like these are his two days. One of them got wind, blown out because of the wind. Ah. and he's like, and then and then we're going to Coda. And it's like, wait a minute, you've never ridden a thousand never ridden a thousand. Never ridden a superbike. And he got one day at Chuck Walla on it. So we know he's capable. And then of course, Jake Lewis. You can't I'm so pumped to see him back. Me, too. But it, it's all gonna depend on the equipment and if it stays together and if um and if the team can can come up with enough goods to show that they can be competitive against these other bikes. I just don't think that, um, I don't, I don't know how you're going to beat attack. I don't, I just don't know how it's going to happen. And people go like, it's, it's going to be a tall order. So, and, and we want nothing more than to see the BMW teams do well. I'd love to see Petrucci come over here and just kill it. And I mean, isn't it kind of weird that we're going to Coda the first place that, Everybody's going to get to watch Petrucci as the paddock he was in last year. MotoGP Paddock is going to be very interested to see how he ends up going on that bike. So there's going to be a big spotlight on that team and that rider this weekend. Former MotoGP guy, former, former MotoGP winner coming to Coda for round one at Moto America. Not unlike what we saw with Tony Elias, what, four years ago? When he's sitting it's at home five, on the couch five, and it's five years, it's insane. And then what did he do? He went out and did the double first race out. So, um, well, Petrucci see that same kind of success. It's hard to know. I'm, I'm pumped for it. And I know that maybe after, uh, this weekend, when we get ready to go to Atlanta, we'll do more of a full podcast on some things and we'll have a better idea of where people are. But, but man, you know what I'm going to keep
0: an eye on with Petrucci? This yeah. particular weekend, it's his first Moto America weekend, we are a sequestered paddock that's kind of off in the distance in, in the parking lot, right, behind the garages and things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Where's he going to spend his time? Is he going to hang out with us? Is he going to hang out with his team? Or is he going to go to, you know, Ducati Hospitality and hang out with the, the Paolo Chabattis of the world and, you know... I think or, it'll,
1: it'll be a mix, though,
0: right? Yeah, it's but gonna I'm going gonna, to keep an eye on it because I'm just kind of curious as to how he... You know, because from from like a management perspective, I would think that you'd want to be present in the Moto America paddock and you know maybe dip your toe in the Moto GP paddock and say hi and those types of things. But you really want to be there and show your team that you're there and that you're you know you're going through it. The schedule for Moto America is, is really weird. I mean, it's, it's that's really crazy. weird.
1: Seven fifty in the morning on Friday, they, they got first practice right, Sunday. and
0: obviously there won't be cameras rolling on that. So if you're up that early and you want to watch, you you know go to Moto America's timing like live yep. timing. Yep. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna Jay, you don't know this, but so there's no Moto America Live Plus team there. Roger will be there, but he's the only one from Live Plus. So you and I are actually and, and Jamie and Roger and, and Hannah are gonna anchor Live Plus. Mm-hmm. So um we're we're gonna come up for the first or the second practice session, somewhere around twelve thirty ish, somewhere around there. Yep. We're gonna come up probably a little bit early. And then we'll be up um, for the qualifying session in the afternoon at four, four 40, something like that. Yeah, so yeah. there will be some coverage that's going to come at you. But this is a it, this is a resource shared event. So we basically tap into what MotoGP has th- their shooters, their truck, and then we have our own truck. So it's not like the full blown deal. And then um, I think we're only doing racing, so we're going to have like kind of a half hour pre race show. And then we'll roll into the race and then have a little bit post um, okay. for the race on Saturday and on Sunday.
1: It's going to so, be interesting to see the crowd numbers too. I'm really keen to see, cause I mean with the price of plane tickets and all the stuff that's, I mean, I, I walked through LAX yesterday, G-Dub, I got to LAX and it was a ghost town. And I'm like, what did I miss? And it, there was a lady, it was, it, it was really? a ghost town. It, when I, there was a coffee bean there that I go to and, uh, and I said to the lady, I'm like, "What is going on?" She's like, "Oh, you missed the rush." And I'm like, "I don't know if you have looked up. I know you have, but you look at plane tickets now. It's like to buy a plane ticket to fly across country. Unless you want to leave at four or five or six o'clock or in the morning, you can't find anything for everything's so expensive." But I was well, I mean, really I can interested. tell you in
0: Phoenix, Jay, in Phoenix, yeah. it, it was crazy. I mean, um, $330 a, a night for a hotel for a Hampton Inn. You yeah, know, it's I stayed at an Airbnb insane. at a Casita or whatever, but. The price of the tickets to get there were gnarly and
1: stuff. It's it was Hampton, Hampton Inn isn't having to buy fuel, are they? So they can't use that as an excuse, can they? <laughs> yeah, I don't know.
0: I mean, it's I a joke.
1: It is. Insane. I mean,
0: without without question, look. I mean, I'm not in the business, but it sure feels like the the money they feel like they lost in COVID. Now they're gouging people because they're Ugh. playing on people. Just want to get out of the house. They want to travel. COVID's not over. We got another wave coming. I understand all of that, but if you're out there, like in Arizona, forget it. I mean, there were people fighting with TSA to get through security with no mask. I don't need to wear a mask, even though there's signs everywhere saying it. And it's just one of those things where you're just like, okay, look, you know, it's, it's, there's something still here. There's still rules in place, blah, blah, blah. But people just don't want to, they just, they just want to be free again. And I, and I, I totally get that perspective and it is frustrating for people, especially that don't travel that haven't been on vacation in years. And you can really see it. it. You know what it feels like now, Jay? And I've, I've, you've heard me say this before. You get on a plane from East Coast going to Vegas, and everybody is just jittery. They're they're like they're pumped, they're excited. They're like I'm going to Vegas, I'm going to gamble, I'm going to see shows, and it's a really weird energy. You get on that same plane going back east from Vegas on a red eye, and it's like uh, everybody's tired. They're broke, they're exhausted, they're aggravated, whatever. It feels like. Every airport that I've been in the last couple of weeks feels like Vegas. Like, like every somebody's going for vacation. It's spring break, too. Don't forget. Yeah, it's, it's spring yeah. break. In in Arizona, there was that tournament, that USA Archery Tournament. They also had this massive um, amateur hockey tournament. There were a bunch of people from here in Raleigh that were on the junior uh, Carolina Hurricanes team going. There was a huge softball tournament in Phoenix. There was spring break. There was a, I think, a cheerleading convention. Like this whole thing going on. Yep. So people are getting back out again, and um, airlines, rental cars are ridiculous, dude. I went to Avis, it's my normal. Insane. Yeah. I had a fifty thousand mile rental car that was falling apart, and the lady was like, "Look, we just we don't have cars to backfill. Normally at thirty thousand miles, we turn our cars over to Budget because yep. Avis owns Budget, right? And she said we're not doing that anymore. Right now we can't do it, and so it's like, I'm sorry, but the price that I paid for that pile was insane you know <laughs> but
1: yeah no it's it's crazy i what i think is funny is when you see these guys get on airplanes and they start yelling at the stewardesses and people on oh. the plane about not wearing a mask i'm like dude did you not know that that was you got to wear it dude like yeah you're, it's just, you're, is this news you're, to you you're, yeah, yeah. you're you're yelling at the wrong person actually i will say this at the wrong person
0: on the flight out um one of the flights out i went raleigh to detroit detroit to phoenix i'm pretty sure yeah it was the phoenix it was the detroit to phoenix leg which is a four and a half hour flight I actually sat next to a guy who was yelling at the flight attendant for something other than COVID related stuff. Just, so the, insane. so the, the, his, his uh, in his seat, the little touchscreen infotainment thing was down oh, in like yeah. our row and a couple other rows. And this dude, like literally we're midair and he lost his mind on these, Lighting I the place paid up. my money. I deserve to be entertained. And I mean, you guys aren't Correct. trained. And yeah. I was laughing. I was like, all right, well, there we go. Somebody back to just complaining normally. Good for you. Yeah, and making a flight attendant's life miserable. Miserable. What a twat! Um, Correct, all right, yeah. so this weekend, obviously, Jason, I' going to be there. You didn't talk about fantasy, Gino. I'm getting to it because let's talk. Yeah, we got to we got to circle back around. So you and I all we we just think alike. So let's circle back around to gp fantasy because obviously you, you know, killed it, that, didn't you? I did okay. I didn't. I didn't kill it. Kill it, but I certainly, um you know, I had Pola Spargaro. So so what I had was. I had Aleish and Juan Mir as my gold, and I had Miguel Oliveira and Paul Espargaro. So Paul obviously DNF'd. That hurt me. Miguel was kind of nowhere to be found. So Aleish, though, with the big win, you know, helped me for sure. But I went from dude, I was in a hundred and something place, and now I'm in 59th position.
1: I was hundred fifth, so, and I'm 179th now. How am I doing?
0: Godzilla, that warms my heart. That's so, so brutal. Oh, it's brutally funny. So, Fight Club. Congratulations, Fight Club, leading the way right now, number one. Me racing. He's, he's,
1: it's Justin. He's he's killing it. Did you see his team?
0: Yeah, his team was. It, it, plus, he turboed. He turboed a oh,
1: He's got a Leach and Quateraro and he's got uh-huh. Suzuki, and then he's got Rins and Vinales. I thought Vinales was a bold move. So he's got Vinales. So so he ends up just killing it. He sent me a text yesterday. He says, "I wish my racecraft on the track was as good as I am at fantasy." And I was just laughing because it's like,
0: <laughs> yeah. But well, he's uh, only got one turbo left, and meast Racing, by the way, is in P two with zero turbos left. Turbos done. So is that right? Are,
1: one of th- oh wow yes yeah 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 uh, yeah. All right, so we're not. I mean, when I say we're not. I got seventeen rounds to continue to. I can, how much further back yes. can I go? It's long game, Jason. Yeah. It's long game. You we're a 3rd sixteen third. We're mm-hmm. racing, and then we got to give Kyle a shout right because he's fifth. He already told he me is? this morning. He's like, don't forget. Like he's like. Now we can watch me plummet or something like that. He's up to fifth. Kyle is, <laughs> so I know Kyle will be looking for this new helmet for sure, right?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. He
1: definitely <laughs> needs an Arai helmet. That's yeah, oh, yeah. not he a sponsor, but. All so, right, Jay. It, so do me a favor. It, it, we have
0: we have a Moto America yeah. Live Plus, um, you know, uh, subscription to give away a code. Last week's winner reached out to me, got him his code right away. So that was that was awesome. Um, so Jay, pick pick a number oh. between 1 and 325 because we Is that got really how many we got?
1: Yeah. I'm going to keep it kind of in the first half though, only because
0: Why? we know Why? that those
1: people cuz they're probably doing all of them. I feel like I fear yeah. that some of the people yeah. that like are like 200th and back even though I'm 179th and I've done them all. <laughs> um I kind of feel so let's go with like some random. Let's go like 1. Let's go with 107.
0: 107 coming in. Two Wheeled Trevor. Why? We we do we know that person?
1: Greg, who knows?
0: Two-wheeled Trevor two-wheeled. is 107th in our league right now overall. Two-wheeled Trevor, you just won yourself a Moto America Live Plus uh subscription for the year. So reach out to me on social media. It's uh Greg White TV on, on Instagram. That's probably the best way to do it. Just send me a message. I do. I've kind of figured out how to check it sometimes, like for if I don't know the person. But Two-Wheeled Trevor, you just won yourself a Live Plus. Or if you know Two-Wheeled Trevor, let Two-Wheeled Trevor know. So you just won yourself a Live Plus subscription. Uh, I'll give you your code, and I will give you instructions on how to do it. So congratulations. Again, if you're listening this late in the podcast, thank you. Yeah, thank (laughs) you. And
1: I'm looking at this thing. Tyler Olmsted is sixth. I'm having to deal with Caroline every week too now. She just sends me abusive text messages because she's in Norway and she's 24th. I'm Greg. I need you to catch up to some of these people so I can say you guys are. the Well, I'm working on me, like you. like like Jeff Wheel, could.
0: obviously, who's our Arai connection. He's in 37th. He's ahead of me, you know. So right behind Travis Wyman. So I'm working on it because I I definitely need to beat down you know Jeff Wheel. I mean it, to lose to him is is bad. What place are you in? I'm in fifty ninth, I think. Fifty oh, yeah, fifty yeah, ninth. You, I'm G dub. I that's see me. Jeff. I see where he's at
1: there. Yeah. No, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. So um yeah, thanks for everybody to for playing that with us and listening to all this stuff. And uh hey, I'll tell you one thing, G Dub. You tell and me, I, Jason. We killed it in Supercross on Saturday night, didn't we? Killed Dude. It. I so mean my highest, I score. I had the game. highest score of any any supercross <laughs> I've ever. Just about. Yeah. Well.
0: Just, All right. Well, let, I guess this go. is the time of the podcast where you uh, start to lace up your golf shoes and say goodbye to everybody.
1: Man, I got a fun day ahead. Jimmy Witten's got oh. me sorted. So um, Dallas stars tonight too. Got to see I'm thinking Staz. about it. go see go see Nordy. I mm-hmm. see Nordy in his, his hockey habitat. See if he'll punch me in the face or something. Who you knows? want to see
0: Nordy in his what habitat?
1: In his natural. Yeah, that's where he comes from. Right. Hockey. No, what? 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 Where did you say? Natural habitat. It?
0: No. What? What is it? What, what sport? Hockey. No. Say it again.
1: Oh, you're pissing me off. What do you, what did I do? What did it's, I say? It's hockey. It's not hockey. hockey. No, no. no. Some, it's ho- Dude, it's some hockey. Dude, it's
0: hockey. It's Boston Bruins and it's I already hockey. get
1: enough shit for saying right? Yamaha wrong all the time. Everybody's like, it's not Yamaha. Like, oh get screwed. Like I yeah, like, but you know what? Hey, Listen, if that's, but, but if the state doesn't pronounce hey, hey, People
0: in the States don't always pronounce everything right. Like, right? Like what what tires are what tires are Moto racing on? Michelin. Yeah, exactly, but it's Michelin. That's the way they yeah. pronounce it. Freddie yeah, well, Freddie used to say that when I commentated with Freddie Spencer. Mitch, he was, Michelin. 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 Yeah,
1: yeah, like you know, at the end of the right? day. Yamaha, like, Yamaha. I guess if I guess if that's and that's the one thing I see all the time with people bitching at me about, I just go, yeah, whatever, dude. Like just
0: Hey, if that's your only complaint, good for you.
1: I've done all right. I've done all right. Yeah. Uh next week, Greg and I will be talking Moto GP Coda as well as Moto America. First round, uh, which I'm excited to see. We got Supercross. I don't even know where Supercross is going to be this Saturday night. We've got World Superbike. Greg, we might not, we might have a full day of podcasting because we've got MotoGP, Moto America, World Superbike, Supercross, and we've got to do a preview for Moto America headed to Road Atlanta for what would be round two, but round one for a lot of people. So thanks everyone for listening. Uh, if you're coming to Coda, be safe. Say hi if you see G Dub and I walking around, and we'll talk with you all soon.